Hey, it's Travis. Halfway through our Behind the Curtain story. Halfway to October and all the tricks and treats therein. I hope you're enjoying it so far. It's been really great for me and the cast to revisit the Season 2 style and put a little extra hot sauce on it. We've gotten a lot of new listeners, sent out a lot of gorgeous postcards from our store and Patreon, and there's been a lot of new followers on Twitter and Insta. It's been really wonderful seeing the community grow. Welcome, new listeners. Have a seat. Relax. Have some coffee. And speaking of new people, new patrons checking in. Welcome, Tasha Suttle. Easy peasy. Cosmos Star. Francis de la Paz. Madison Five. Er, Madison V. And Matthew Smith Deal. Uh, with apologies and respect to anyone whose name I mispronounced. Also, some of you patrons have not updated your addresses. I have a stack of envelopes full of postcards and stickers with your names on them. Don't make me send you to the principal's office. Everyone else, make sure you're following us on social media. There's going to be a lot of announcements and new stuff coming up for October, and I am a hurricane of chaos, and who knows when or how I'll be announcing stuff. So pay attention. All right, all right, whatever. Enough of that. Let's all find out if anything can kill that which glowers. Uh, Spoilers. No. An unforgettable retreat awaits families or mixed groups at this five-bedroom, four-bathroom custom-built cabin on the lake. Starter, supply of toiletries and soap provided for a fee. No pets, no parties, no events, no exceptions. Keep off the dock and stay out of the woods. Something dull and evil lives in the caves out there. It's dangerous and it can't be killed. Key is under the mat. There was something. I was somewhere else, dark. Somewhere else, alone. It's slipping away. It was never here. It was never here, but it is slipping away. I shift in the darkness from one foot to the other. I become aware of some physical sense of myself, of a space around me. My feet land with loud, dull, surprisingly soft thuds. I reach out my arms to find purchase on anything. I find a jagged stone wall, 
I investigate it further with all four of my arms. I don't know if that's too many or not enough. I become aware of my head nearly scraping the ceiling. It smells like death and rot in here. She's been... She... It feels like I'm waking up from one dream and falling into another. I don't remember... anything... anything but the dark. Light. Just a little. A blinding speck on the face of my eye. I stare at it until a glob of something falls from my open mouth. It lands with a plop that echoes away from me as fast as it can. It runs to the light. I follow the openness of the space towards the terrible light. I have to leave the comforts of the familiar. I have to find... I have to find... them... I shuffle my bulk with the easy labor of something terrible. My legs are short and thick as tree stumps to keep my balance. My featureless arms move constantly, waggling and searching. The light grows closer, revealing the stone walls all around me. My breath cuts so loudly... I wonder if I didn't carve this cave with ten thousand years of waiting. The light creeps in deeply enough where I have crept out that I can see some shape of my form in the shadow it casts. Large and burly, a wide base that barely tapers to a soft point. Maybe. I don't have a neck so I can't turn to see. Perhaps I'm shaped like the mountain itself. Perhaps I am the mountain itself. What horrors creep in the hollows of the caves that live in me? I won't ever know. I can't find what's within me. I must look for what's without. Them. Them. Whoever they are, I must find them. I step out of the cave and into the world. Despite what looked like piercing bright light from deep within, the moonlight is dim and the treetops take most of it. Everything looks blue or deep purple or black. The foliage far below... The stones and trees that tower even over me, all of it painted with the deep washes of night. I stand at the mouth of the mountain, taking in the view as it falls away beneath me. I let the air move over my skin for a time. I don't feel it, but I hear it weaving through the brush. It must reach me, too. The air dips and twists and turns all around me. The leaves and brush shake and rustle, and the hissing wind turns again, 
now to whispering voices. I turn, barely, to try and find the source, my arms bobbing lazily in front of me. Is it them, I wonder, distantly, not knowing who I mean? A pair of eyes, huge and lavender, peer out at me from the nearest copse. Next to them, another pair, these a deep red, then amber and green. All around me, dozens of pairs of great round eyes appear and disappear. On the edges of the shadows, I can see the shape of their forms. Vaguely, they dance and jump and hide and play, too quickly to get a good look at, launching themselves easily on large, powerful feet. They sometimes rattle when they disappear from the corner of my eye. I catch a glimpse of gold and silver metal woven through the twisting and writhing ears of one of these creatures. Tall, flexible ears that let them hear me coming from miles away. They like to jump out at me, then jump away again, barking when I swipe at them. One slips his footing on some loose stones, and I club it lightly with one of my arms. His head is shattered, and his body falls limply back into the woods. The others run to a distance, barking sharply to watch me, before starting the whole thing over. Testing me. Testing me. These things are not who I'm looking for. <laughs> they run deeper into the woods and through the trees and thicket. Even with my dim, cave-dwelling eyesight, I can see another light. Not far, down through the brush. I follow the light. The creatures run and dance around me, impossibly agile in the dense wood. They whisper horrible things to me, violent stories I only half understand. They describe people I've never met and how they died, boiled and burned, cut to ribbons or eaten alive, bent and pressed and juiced and carved. They flash their teeth and fight with each other as I uproot entire trees without slowing. Their whispered poetry of blood and skin scream assaults at me in a language I've never heard before. They spill each other's blood for sport and whimsy while they tell their terrible stories. They run red, talking. Like the breeze in the night, it all billows off me without a thought. The fantastic nightmares they craft bend before me like the forest itself as I crush my way ahead. Occasionally, one gets close enough that with a swing of my arms, it breaks into a bloody pile. My own body is covered in cuts and gouges from the rocks, trees, and even the creatures themselves. Sharp claws hidden in the fur on their long feet. Something like blood 
dark and swirling with the purple-blue shades of the night, oozes out of me. I notice it and keep moving. I step out of the woods, sending a final heavy tree creaking into the lake. The disturbed, filthy water ripples and churns and laps at the long dock off the house on the shore. Inside, a dog barks loudly. Not at the tree, though. He knows something is watching from the edge of the woods. The owners are shouting and running around inside the house now. The noise has frightened them. The barking has frightened them. A man bursts out the front door with a hunting rifle pointed at the nothing of night. His dog runs out of the house, past him, and growls at me from a distance. He's not who I was looking for. I amble to him. He fires, and the eyes vanish into the forest, taking their whispered lore with them. I will not die here. I don't think I'll ever die. But I know death. I know it very well. And I bring it with me tonight. A gift from the heart of the mountain. A gift from that which glowers. Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel. I hear the distant thud of impacts. The man tried his rifle on me. Something oozes now from fresh wounds. I don't see it. My blood doesn't concern me. The pain will not stop. The pain will come with me. A thousand cuts did not slow me through the forest. This man's noise will not stop me now. What I bleed, I leave behind, because I always move forward. He runs inside and slams the door behind him. His dog stayed behind to bark its warnings at me. I brush him aside with one of my lower limbs. He bites, but I don't feel it. I wiggle him off, and he nips at my feet behind me. I ignore him. He is not who I'm looking for, either. The front door shatters, and the front wall of the house nearly explodes when I shrug my way through it. All the lights in the house go out at once. I hear them screaming. I break through another wall as easily as passing under a waterfall. The front of the house sags and crumbles. Some distant, familiar part of me finds this strangely satisfying. The leavings of their last meal still litters the kitchen. It smells like grilled meat and sweet milk. The man is here, hollering his noise at me and shaking his rifle over his head. For a moment, I only stare at him, mouth agape. He's trying to frighten me. He thinks I'm an animal. 
He hopes I'm an animal. He throws his food garbage at me. Coffee grounds, potato peelings, brown bananas and rotten peas. Uneaten wads of burger bounce off my body. A homemade milkshake splatters across my dull face. I'm not here for his food. I'm not even here for him. I lurch forward, and he shouts even louder. He swings the butt of his rifle at me, aiming for where my nose would be if I had one. I grab it with one of my limbs, and him with the other three. With one small, fluid motion, I tear him apart. There isn't anything left to hold on to. The pieces fall like garbage bags of gore to my feet. The pieces of his rifle land with a squish in the slurry. Somewhere in this dark house, cut between a violent wood and cold, murky lake, a woman is afraid. I can hear her bumping through the halls, trying to escape me, breathing loud and muttering soft. Was I looking for her? I move forward, deeper into the house. The walls crumble away at my touch. The roof groans as it continues to sag in on itself. The house shudders and cracks and collapses in on itself all around me. I don't stop. I don't slow. The wooden bones of this place try to cradle me, imprison me. I pull them apart with my limbs, and they fall away like a lover's hair, tucked safely behind their ear. I can't stop. I have to find them. They won't be looking for me. I have to find them. The last echo of the destruction fades across the lake. The night air is colder over the water. Behind me, the dog is barking again, but it's cut off, stuck on the shore. All that remains is the long dock that leads far out into the dark water. And at the end of that is her. I step onto the dock, ignoring its groaned protests. I have to find her. As I get closer... I can see her in the strange moonlight. She sobs harder and shakes her head. This is not her. This is not one of the... owners. She says something. It's not important. She's not who I'm looking for. She shrieks something at me as I move forward. The long dock snaps in half beneath me, and I grab onto it with all four of my arms. The woman is tilted high above the lake, and the last thing I see before I am submerged into that dark water is her horrified face as she slides toward me. It's dark. Here. I can't see anything here. But I like the dark, waiting in the void. I like it here, the comforting pressure of the water, 
the black curtain wrapped around me, the muffled silence. I sink to the bottom and land with a final soft thud. Above me, the woman kicks and screams. I'm holding her by the foot, and she is desperate to get away. It won't be long before the cold seizes her muscles. Her screams are already succumbing to the water filling her lungs. As she dies above me, a light, dim and distant, flickers on the lake bed. Not quite twinkling, but shimmering nearly. It bobs back and forth, getting closer and brighter as life slips farther away from the woman I've brought with me. As it comes into focus, it splits into two dim, silver lights staring at me in the darkness. Eyes. Eyes swimming closer and closer. Or is the settling dust of the crashing dock merely revealing something that had been here waiting for me all along? I squint and lean forward, using my free arms to try and wave the muck away to see the full form of the hazy shape before me. I can just barely make out a too-wide smile and glinting teeth beneath those eyes. Do I know this monster? Is this who I was looking for? Light from above illuminates us both suddenly, blindingly, I throw my hand up to shield my eyes. Not a clubbed limb, but a hand. My hand. I look down at myself, and I'm me again. And it's her, standing impossibly before me, eyes no longer shining, dressed in her soggy but still sharp blazer. The manager. But where is the lobby boy? Why did she come to me and not him? She looks just as surprised and confused as I am. She looks up to the woman in my hand, not the former owner of this former rental, not the drowned woman I chased down the dock. Her face is filled with blood and starlight, and when I let go of her foot, she laughs and laughs, and her flesh, finally rotted through, sloughs off like chum in the water and the light gets brighter and brighter. The manager grabs me with both arms and pulls herself in. I close my eyes and starlight laughter fills my skull until there isn't room for anything else. I can hear the universe screaming. I wrap my arms around her. I step into the darkness and take the manager with me. We regret that our home will be unable to host you as your hotel for the night. The owners were killed and the property was destroyed by an unstoppable force with singular drive. A monster who dreamed he was a man who worked as a monster who tried to kill the dreamer. A nightmare, who didn't know how to wait, until she found the monster in a dream. 
No more dreams now. You all have so much to do. Let's get back to work. <laughs> let's, let's get back the hotel to was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Whitten. <laughs> starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager. Mark Whitten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner. And Krista Lewis. That's me, not the universe. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake. Thank you.